Welcome to another episode of Civic Cycler. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I go by today and probably for the rest of my existence, Q Ward. I think I'm going to stick with it. I was, you know, remember how I was kind of, okay, never mind. I'll talk to you about <laughs> it. I'll talk to you about it. Well, um, we are here to talk about a uh, heavy week that we've been through. Um, unless you've been under a rock, you know exactly what we need to talk about. Um, obviously, when you last heard us, uh, the world was a different place. And um, But was it? We, we, we were getting comfortable again, I suppose, because I was certainly surprised and hurt more than I should have been when I found out about the mass shooting in Buffalo. So uh, we will spend a good amount of the day discussing that. Um, of course, we're going to talk about what we, we decided in our, in our show. Producer Maggie decided that we should talk about um, the people and uh, how things feel that's important around here so we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about that and then a little later in the show we're going to get into the whys and, and what we believe happened and what we can potentially do about it so um yeah a lot to stick around for there um we're also going to be talking uh for our way black history fact um you know for those who are fans of disney um you know there's a movie called the princess and the frog well, I learned recently that that movie was based on an actual woman, black woman, who lived an amazing life. And we are going to talk about her and how she was the basis of this amazing Disney movie. Wow. That was award winning and made so much profits and so forth. And of course, we have the whole rest of the show. So plenty of stuff to stick around for and things you might not have heard about before. And we're happy to share it with you. But first and foremost, like we always do with this time. Q, can we get into some ebony excellence? Of course we can. All right, then let's do it. So today, we are going to split it up a bit. There's been a lot of stories that we haven't been able to get around to, which is a good thing. You know, ebony excellence, we have a lot of those and we want to share them on the show. Um, so we're going to put a few of them together. These are about folks graduating from school. Right. This is a, a, a big accomplishment. And there are some people who didn't even need to graduate from school based on, you know, normal metrics that normal folks might have in terms of what you want from life. And yet and still these folks, either they're setting an example or they just had a personal commitment to themselves or their family, whatever it is, um, have managed to make it across the stage. So first and foremost, Anthony Anderson, uh, this one comes from cbs news uh so he fulfilled a dream 30 years in the making graduating from howard university shout out to howard shout out one to hu the 51 year old received a bachelor of fine arts degree from the historically black university last week to quote biggie it was all a dream words can't begin to describe the emotional roller coaster i'm on right now he wrote on instagram and uh we also have stephen curry another wardale stephen curry talk to him man so um this one comes from nbc news there's a quote we got it done uh steph curry uh, celebrates becoming a college grad the golden state warriors star graduated with a bachelor of arts degree in sociology from davidson college on sunday and then last but not least uh this one comes from the atlanta journal constitution the acclaimed atlanta entertainer chris ludicrous bridges Luda. has also graduated and so we wanted to take 
the time out to shout them out because that is definitely some ebony excellence. Now, because of the way our show airs and because of the timing of uh, this hate crime that took place in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, we weren't able to, you know, it just kind of happened after our show aired. So for those that might have missed it, I know if you're listening to us, there's not there's a good chance that you did not miss it. But we do have to tell the story sort of from the beginning. Um, There was a mass shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. The store was called Tops. Um, It was uh, a racist attack. An act of domestic terrorism, if you will. uh, Absolutely. That's a great way to say that. And as you know, on this show, we, we do our best to be journalists, but we've never pretended to be what we're not. Q is a DJ and Ramses is a DJ, and that's what we do, right? So we try to protect ourselves perhaps differently than a traditional journalist would. With that said, we don't always watch ourselves the trauma that the systems in this country put black bodies through. And if we do have to watch these videos, we will take turns. Neither one of us wanted to jump on this grenade. And so we obviously we saw enough clips to familiarize ourselves with the story. We've read about it, but I will not pretend that I have watched the video of this most recent mass shooter whose name I will not say. Um, But, you know, he live streamed himself walking through the Topps grocery store in Buffalo, New York um, and ending people's lives. Um, We did watch the clips that weren't so graphic just because again we had to familiarize ourselves but to anyone that might say hey you missed this detail or you got this one bit wrong perhaps um but for us we're, we're not i'm i'm never going to watch that video i it's i i was not born here to watch people die that's just not in my heart yeah that's not the spirit of the show ever yeah it's definitely not the spirit of the show today like i've said before kind of angrily trying to argue semantics with regards to the parts that we know are true is that he murdered people. Sure. That's thank you. Go ahead. Like, you know what I mean? We don't have to really get into, well, he made a left and not a right. You know right. what I mean? That's, like, semantics for the sake of semantics. We're not, that's not what we're here for. Thank you. Q. That's perfect. You, so um, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I watched the video myself to anyone who has, you are a stronger person in that way than I am. And I, I commend you, but uh, you know, Q mentioned, uh, a man went and bought a gun. We'll get into the details a bit, but just so that we can start this story, because we want to start at a very special place. Uh, 18-year-old man uh, went and bought a gun, and uh, then he uh, went, took that gun to a grocery store. He had tactical gear on in the parking lot when he drove up to the gun. He got out of his car, and he started to fire on people in the parking lot. And then those people died. And then he went in the store and he started shooting more people. And then those people died. 
And there's these might be rumors. We can, again, I didn't see him. Once he sort of ran out of targets, he went back to the wounded people and shot them again to make sure that they died. Um, I do know that this is the most, um, since Dylan Roof, this is the most, the deadliest attack um, on an African-American community since then. Dylan Roof's name was written on this gentleman's assault rifle. Yeah. And, and for those that may have forgotten, um, Dylan Roof is the, uh, the man that went into the church and shot nine people when they were um, at church. Wow. So, um, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. He went in and he just killed everybody. And then uh, the police came and they arrested him. He's still alive, beating heart. We, we, have to, we, we have to get to that later. Right now, we're just telling the story. I need you to tell that part of the story, Q, because when we were talking about, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sanders. We talked about him last week. Uh, Quadri Sanders. Um, in Oklahoma, I believe it was. Um, and they were not able to take him alive or sure they were perhaps able to, but chose not to take him in alive because they were so afraid <laughs> as my colleague would have us believe. I wouldn't have you. I'm just trying to allow for that part of the conversation to at least exist anyway. So that's what happened. There was a mass shooting man went in, he shot, I believe it was 13 people, 10 people uh, lost their life that day. The uh, shooter was arrested and taken into custody. Okay, I'm going to take a moment because this is important. If I've learned anything marching, if I've learned anything studying and doing this show, um, something that I will always work on because I'm awful with names, <laughs> but I do recognize how important they are. We're going to say the names of the 10 people who are not here with us anymore. Um, I, I, I realize this isn't the most compelling radio. But, but if you will please just listen to me, I have to do this. this I, I, I'm, I'm a longtime broadcaster, so I know it works and I know it doesn't. But this isn't about that right now. This is something that I have to do. So please allow me to read these names. I'm going to do my best here. Um, Roberta A. Drury of Buffalo, New York, age 32. Margus D. Morrison of Buffalo, New York, age 52. Andre McNeil of Auburn, New York, age 53. Aaron Salter of Lockport, New York, age 55. Geraldine Tolley of Buffalo, New York, age 62. Celestine Cheney of Buffalo, New York, age 65. Hayward Patterson of Buffalo, New York, age 67. Catherine Massey of Buffalo, New York, age 72. Pearl Young of Buffalo, New York, age 77. Ruth Whitfield of Buffalo, New York, age 86. Um, 
I, I, I need to say those names because they're, those are people, human beings. Those were people that were at the grocery store. They have families and, you know, they, you know, listen to these names, Pearl Roof, you know, like these are, you know, um, these are the people that, that pray for us. You know, we know these people. We know, I'm, we're not from Buffalo, New York. But we know these people, you know, we know this community, we know that, you know, and, and we need you to know this listening to our show today, because um, this is who we're talking about. This is this is what happens when hate remains unchecked. It's like a cancer it festers and it boils over and it spills over into things like this. And I, I recognize that this has happened in other communities. And we have committed, um, we've already committed to doing an episode talking about other communities in this month in particular, because this is Asian American and Pacific Islander um, Heritage Month. And so we definitely want to take some time with that. Our, our producer, Maggie, aka Maggie B. Nolan, she um, has that written up for us. But obviously this week we had to talk about this. Our community is hurting. These are the names of the people who are no longer alive. It's important that we mention that now. I'm going to read a little bit from the New York Times. Um, the headline says, gunman kills 10 at Buffalo supermarket and racist attack. Uh, President Biden called for a thorough investigation and said there was no harbor for, quote, hate-filled domestic terrorism, end quote. The 18-year-old white gunman who pleaded not guilty left behind a manifesto. The police said the gunman, whom they described as an 18-year-old white man from outside the city, was motivated by racism. He appeared in court. Um, hours after the attack. Do we know what the charge, what the charges were that were brought against him? Uh, murder in the first degree. He pled not guilty to the, to the murders that he live streamed himself committing that he was charged with. Yeah. Um, 18 age gunman entranced by a white supremacist ideology known as replacement theory opened fire at a supermarket in buffalo on saturday uh this would be last saturday of course methodically shooting and killing 10 people and injuring three more almost all of them black one of the deadliest racist attacks in recent american history the authorities identified the gunman as 18 year old blank blank of conklin a small town in new york uh, New York's rural southern tier Mount uh, oh the, the shooter drove more than 200 miles to mount his attack which he also live streamed the police said a chilling video feed that appeared designed to promote his sinister agenda um, this is the largest mass shooting to date in the city of Buffalo I don't think anyone here in the city of Buffalo thought that something like this could ever happen would ever happen um, Mr. Wingo said most of the shoppers at the Tops supermarket were black, mirroring the surrounding neighborhood. Um, Dorothy Simmons, 64, typically spends part of her Saturdays at Tops shopping for food to prepare for Sunday dinner. Quote, that's what we do in this community, said Mrs. Ms. Simmons, who has lived in East Buffalo all her life. On this Saturday, Ms. Simmons was at work in Amherst when she heard the news. She cried and said, this is our store. This is our store. Ms. Simmons 
who is black, said the fact that the gunman was able to surrender showed disparity. Quote, if that had been my son, it would have never been surrender. We would have never had a chance to surrender, Ms. Simmons said. It would never be that way. Okay. Now. Talk to me, Q. It becomes increasingly difficult to keep the faith. Whichever kind your mind went to when I said that, faith in humanity, faith in each other, faith in God, faith in our systems, faith in our country, faith in our law enforcement community. Um, Every time we do a show, we end up having to make some sort of punitive statement with regards to law enforcement in this country. And the most difficult thing about that is that each of us know police officers. I don't just mean Ramses and I. I mean, most of everybody that's listening. You're probably a relationship away, a relationship removed from a police officer, somebody who is related to a police officer. And there's been times where, you know, I'm talking to you, Ramses, and I'm like, man, you know, is there another way for us to do this? Except no, there isn't. Because we have too much data. We have too much information. We have too many facts to try to be emotional with regards to this topic does not mean that we're not compassionate. It does not mean that we deal in only black and white. Pardon the pun there. Right. But in actual mental health issues, right. Police are called because there's a mental health episode. Police show up and they shoot. With regards to black people, traffic stop, mental health, jaywalking, toy at a playground, sleep in the Wendy's, running the other way, we get murdered, we get shot. Young white men apprehended by police while murdering people with assault rifles somehow are peacefully and safely arrested and get to see their day in court. And I'm not certain how many times this has to happen for those who argue against it to change their mind. Scratch that before I even finish saying that I knew better. There's nothing that can happen that will make those people think any differently than they do. Right. So we end up in this echo chamber talking to each other about what we know is very obviously the truth. Law enforcement in this country built on a foundation of racism has not in hundreds of years outgrown its own ideology to the peril of the country and the people that it's sworn to protect. When we are the victims of the murders, the murderer walks free. When we are suspected as murderers, we are murdered. So let me, let me, I want to say something that 
supports that, that, that reinforces that or, or bolsters that. Um, we mentioned Dylan Roof. Um, you know where I'm going with this, right? Actually, why don't you offer this? What happened with Dylan Roof? I don't want to talk about what he did, just how it was responded to. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Um, not only was, was he not harmed, but let's go the extra step to make sure that Mr. Roof is okay. Right? You wouldn't happen to be tired or, or hungry, would you, sir? Because if you are hungry, you know we can, we don't have to go straight to the paperwork with this. We can, for you, we can make a detour over here and get, you know, perhaps a sandwich for you. And I say sandwich to not without compensation, promote the business that they supported in order to look out for this young man's well-being in case he's a little parched or a little, you know, had a little stomach grumbling after he finished murdering people at church. In church. And then almost without fail, these men get to be having a bad day because the weight of the world that they grew up in is weighing on them so heavily that it has to have paid an emotional and mental tax on them. Let us list all the reasons why these young men might have come to these decisions besides the obvious truth of them. Let me- and then when called with regard to someone with a mental health issue, and I know we're going to touch on this topic later, the actual person who you didn't have to guess whether or not they had a mental issue or not. You didn't have to try to draw up or paint some picture for us. You knew that when you were on your way, that person gets shot dead on camera. That's what I was going to say. So, you know, on the right, there's obviously a big name is Tucker Carlson. You know, he has been referring to this more recent shooter as a mentally ill young man. And so many other cases he doesn't afford, you know, especially if the individuals are melanated, he doesn't afford them that courtesy that they may have been having a mental episode. Now, the reason I wanted you to bring up uh, the Dylan Roof incident where they took him to the restaurant, bought him some food and something to drink before taking him to jail was to show that, you know, they took him in alive. Now, there are some folks who point to the subway shooter in New York who was a black man. Uh, and say, well, the police were able to take him alive. And I do believe those circumstances are slightly different in that it was no longer an active shooter incident at the time when they apprehended him. Yeah, they didn't approach him while he was shooting. He was sitting in a restaurant. He, he called them to tell them where to come. Day after, I think, too. Something like Maybe that. Maybe a couple of days after. And uh, so it was a very different uh, set of um, circumstances there. But... Um, I don't want to get too far away from this community because we realize that that part feels particularly unfair, but I want to make sure that we spend a little bit of time humanizing these people. You know, if you're, if you're like me, I, I passed through Buffalo one time in my life. Um, but, you know, I'm not from there. I don't know too much about it, but I know these people, these aren't people that, are bad people. These aren't people that 
would harm anyone. I mean, you could tell from their ages, you know, they're just enjoying their lives. And to be executed, to die screaming in terror, to have your last moments be at the end of a assault rifle, I'm guessing, where you don't know why, you don't know what you did wrong. And then for the community left behind to know that, oh, what she did wrong was be black. And then, you know, a woman 72 years living in a country that feels like it kind of hates her to die at the end of that barrel. Right. I feel like it. It's Glad the, you were so gracious. The, 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 barrel that, the barrel that has the N-word written at the end of it, mind you, that feels like a part of this story that's that's important to tell. Now, we've seen lots of racist videos because that's kind of the nature of the gig here. But that one was different. And if you'll stick around, we'll talk a little bit more about the whys.